This is the Dairy Brothers Tribecast, a podcast for diehard Cleveland Indians fans. Presented to you by WaitingForNextYear.com. Now, here are the hosts, Matt and Todd Derry. And it's another edition of the Dairy Brothers Tribecast, spring training edition on a March 16th Tuesday. Matt and Todd with you from WaitingForNextYear.com. That's where the podcast, of course, originates. Thanks for listening as well. If you find us on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, we are brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry and also BreakingTea.com slash Dairy, the best t-shirts out there. Todd, spring training rolling along, a lot to get into with the tribe. I'm feeling good about this squad. What about my Andres Jimenez? I told you months ago this guy was a beast. You know, we we, we teased you for so long and referred to Jake Bowers as your boy. But that's being retired, and now we will always refer to Andres Jimenez as your boy. So, yes, I give you full credit. Now, he has to produce in the regular season, but, yes, I give you full credit. You were on that from day one. You said he'd be the shortstop. Take a bow. I I just I hope he's not um, the second coming of like Yu Chang, uh, the spring version, or Brad Zimmer from last year with the extended spring training, where Zimmer was like Mister June uh, in those in those like inner squad games at, at Progressive Field. But uh, you have to feel good about where the Indians are up the middle, and, and with all the young shortstops, Gabriel Arias and Jimenez. And uh, 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 you know they they got guys all over the place that are coming. Right. Brian Rocchio. I mean, we could go all we could go all day on this stuff. They're loaded. They're they're loaded up the middle, and it's going to. Some of these guys are going to have to be traded. I mean, like legitimately, they have so many guys for for that are shortstop and second baseman. But you know, some will eventually you know move positions, and some will move on. But Depth up the middle is a good thing, and, and uh, you know, for the future, change, change for the future. Uh, for the future, it, it, it's a really good thing. And for now, and, and, and you know, one of the topics that I had on, on our, our list was Francisco, don't call me Frankie Lindor. And, he, homer, he, had a, he had a home run today, his first spring home run for the Mets. Oh, congrats. Congrats, as our... Uh, Friends, Andre and Zach would say. Uh, what but, color? What colors his hair? What colors his hair today? <laughs> That's a good question. It, it, in, in all fairness, the, the, the point I was trying to make here is: Did he rip the Did he rip the Dolans today? His dog. Um, <laughs> so. no, I, what, what, what I was going to say was: I, I know we're not supposed we're supposed to just say, "Oh, you know, Frankie, we had to trade him; it was inevitable. He moved on." We'll always cheer for him. We'll always love him and all that. I'm genuinely excited about the fact that he's not playing shortstop right now and that we get to see something different. And it has nothing to do with him. Like, of course, would I rather have Francisco Lindor playing shortstop for the next 10 years? Of course I would. But I think it's going to be exciting to see young Andres Jimenez at shortstop and, and um, you know, see the energy he provides and, and, and Cesar Hernandez at second base together with him. I, I I'm excited by it. I, I I can't wait. And and to the point, Francisco Lindor, I just I don't like feeling how I'm feeling towards him right now. It should 
shouldn't be this way. But I'm feeling like, for some odd reason, bitter. Not that he was leaving because he was going to. I'm not bitter about that. I just, his, his lackluster play over the last two seasons and the fact that he acted the way he acted now with New York and I'm seeing, you know, oh, here I am with my shoe drop. Everybody look at my shoe coming out April 1st and or whatever it was and, and telling the media certain things about, oh, I didn't like being called Frankie. You know, like, I, I don't know. It's just leaving me with a bitter taste. How do you feel about it? Oh, I feel the same way. I'm completely over him. And uh, it will uh, that will subside. Uh, you know, we'll have good memories and great memories down the road. But I think at least for this year, he's a villain in my eyes. Read another a Sports Illustrated piece that Tom Verducci did about him, which was just a, a five-page suck piece, uh, talking about how great he is and how he's a top-five player. Didn't talk at all about his clutch performances or even his year that he had last year where he was really not very good. And it's not a top-five player in my mind. And then, of course, there were the little digs in there about, oh, well, Cleveland doesn't want to spend money. Pittsburgh doesn't want to spend money. So he took a little shot at the Dolans. The same Dolans that offered him two hundred and forty million, and he he wanted to take more. So at least for now, yeah, I'm I'm over it. And the hope is, as an Indians fan, as and as somebody that is counting down the days until April first against the unnamed team, that a guy like Ahmed Rosario can move to center field and have some success offensively. That Andres Jimenez can really, really be a glue guy in the middle of the of the diamond at short, play great defense, and I don't think he's going to hit in the regular season like he's hitting in the spring. But if those two guys can perform, uh, I'll take it. And that's and then and then you look down the road at some of the prospects they got in that deal. Um, but that's 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 how I look at it, Todd. I'm, but, but you're right. I mean, we have great memories of the guy, but at least right now I do view him differently. I kind of look at him differently the more he talks and opens his mouth. I do too. And, and uh, as I said before, I don't like feeling that way, but it's – it's just how I feel. I mean, I didn't have this feeling towards CC Sabathia, for example. Uh, I didn't have this feeling. Uh, uh, you know, I know a lot of people really were bitter when Tony left, and I don't want to get into that whole conversation. But you know, we didn't feel this way about Manny. Uh, Manny. Uh, Manny. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, you know, he's not on our team anymore, and I think that that once the season starts, we we. You know, we probably won't be thinking about him as you know and talking about him as much. But you and I have both said this before. It once you know he he struggles out of the gate, he's going to get it from that New York media, and let's see how he responds. I don't think when a player grows up in Cleveland uh, and, and is a star player, and they get treated so well, and they never get questioned, and the media is, you know, I'm not saying super soft, but. You know, let, let's be honest here. It, it's it's not hard to play in Cleveland with the media. When you go into one of these big markets and you aren't performing, you're gonna hear about it. And let's see how thick his skin is when it gets to that point. Yeah, and you know, and, and this is no knock on Cleveland sports talk. The city has two successful uh, radio stations, uh, sports radio stations, and and you know, one that's been around a long time and. And I, of course, work at 92.3 The Fan. I think that's the superior station there. But how much baseball talk is there? But you're right. If he hops in his car after an 0-for-5 night with six or seven guys left on base and and puts on 660 uh, WFAN, he's going to hear about it. And he's going to hear his name a lot. And it won't be uh, in a positive way. Look, 
uh, Rosario in center field getting a start today. Something's cooking. Todd, something's up. They're going to give him, it looks like, every opportunity now to become the center fielder. I don't know. I know Oscar Mercado hasn't had a great spring, but uh, our buddy Ags has kind of been calling this. This is this is interesting. There's 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 an open competition right now, it appears, for center field. And what's interesting is Daniel Johnson's not in that mix. It doesn't sound like for center field, and he's played plenty of games in center field in Columbus. I was going to bring that up, and you bring up a good point there. Uh, you know, yesterday... I, don't, I, I know I, I uh, sent this to you and the executive producer, Jeremy. Yesterday's uh, lineup in spring training was kind of a what would I, what I believe could be an opening day for, uh, um, lineup. So they started, it was Cesar Hernandez, Eddie Rosario, Jose Ramirez, Franmil Reyes, Josh Naylor, Jake Bowers at first, Andres Jimenez, Roberto Perez, and Oscar Mercado. And Logan Allen, who pitched four scoreless innings that we should talk about, uh, was was on the mound uh, for the Indians. Now today, that lineup uh, was you know completely different, and it was kind of like okay, we're going to put out uh, uh, the, the lineup that has you know the, the, the next guys, I guess you could say. So in in that lineup, you had uh, Ahmed Rosario playing center field. Um, and leading off, Bradley Zimmer was in right. Ben Gamble, Bobby Bradley, Yu Chang, Harold Ramirez, Owen Miller, Tyler Freeman, and Austin Hedges with Shane Bieber behind him. So uh, it's going to be, you know, I, I, I have a bad feeling that uh, Bobby Bradley's not going to start at first base and they're going to move him to AAA. I got a bad feeling that that's going to happen because Bowers uh, started the season – uh, you know, obviously he has no options left. And Bobby Bradley is having a better uh, spring. Uh, well, as as you're talking right now, and I'm refreshing Twitter at Indians Perspective, Bobby Bradley with his fifth double of spring, 10th RBI, one nothing Indians. Bradley now hitting a cool 421 on the spring. He's, he's making it very difficult for them. He is. He, and he should. And, and that's good. That's a good thing. But... Uh, we said this in the last one. Play your best players regardless of the options and regardless of the service time. They have no problem doing it with Andre Jimenez at shortstop. And obviously now, you know, we, we touched on this. You know, you, you, you mentioned Oscar uh, Mercado. I think not only has Oscar Mercado lost confidence in his himself at the plate, he's the few at back that I've watched um, tape on tape, watched it online, um, he just he has that same lost look that he had that he had last year. Remember how lost he looked at the plate? Oh yeah. He just has the, his body language looks bad, and I just don't trust Bradley Zimmer. And if Rosario can place a lot of center field between now and April first, and they feel comfortable enough with him, it's not going to shock me one bit if Zimmer does make the team, and Rosario and Zimmer are the platoon in center field to start and eventually become Rosario's position, and then Oscar gets sent down. Um, Oscar's not, he's just not doing it. He doesn't look good. I, I'm very concerned about him, but if this Rosario in center field thing can work out, it would be great. They cut Billy Hamilton, so he's not an option, obviously. And, you know, it was interesting. 
uh, in, in his Sunday piece, Terry Pluto wrote something to the effect that Zimmer was having a good spring and Oscar was having a bad spring. And then I saw our friend Mike Hattery point out the difference between that was like two hits by Zimmer and like three extra bats. So, uh, by Oscar. So you know, that's the difference between a good spring and a bad spring. But this is obviously Zimmer's last chance. Oscar still has options and still has chances, but Zimmer's 28 years old. Um, I don't know if he's the future in center. I don't know if Ahmed Rosario is the future in center. That's still the biggest question mark in the organization is who's going to be the center fielder of the future. But when when you put that lineup together and Ahmed Rosario is in center field and it, 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 with his bat in the lineup over Oscar Mercado, I'm willing to sacrifice some defense there for that bat because, as you know, this offense wasn't exactly uh, clicking on all cylinders the last no, uh, no, it wasn't. But if you put Ahmed Rosario, Eddie Rosario, and Josh Naylor in an outfield, uh, you're not going to save a lot of runs. True, but... <laughs> that, but, that could be a disaster. But in today's baseball, how much does outfield defense really mean when everybody is striking out or hitting home runs? It's not. A, it's not a bad. It's not a bad point. But ask the Tampa Bay Rays uh, pitchers about Kevin Kiermeyer. You know. Yeah, but I think you can pump at center field. I agree with you. I think you can pump the corners. I really do, and they are because Naylor is not a you know defensive stalwart, and they're putting him in right field. And Eddie Rosario, he's good enough out there. I guess you could say. Yeah, he he misjudged. He misjudged a he he misjudged a fly ball the other day. So. Well, listen. I want to score some runs. Oh yeah. Uh, that and and Ahmed Rosario in center field is definitely makes this lineup better. I can tell you that. Oh yeah. I mean, I, look. I think Ahmed Rosario needed a change of scenery. Uh, I think coming to Cleveland and look, he he's had two seventy seasons, so he's he's shown the capability of hitting. I think the Mets said enough's enough with his glove at shortstop. Moved him out of there last year. Started trying him out in the outfield, and then. Obviously, the season was short and everything else, and uh, they didn't make the, uh, the. I don't think I don't believe the Mets made the postseason last year, did they? I don't think they did. No, so they didn't. Um, we'll see. You know, uh, you know, it is going to be interesting. There are some spots. You know, you mentioned first base with Bobby Bradley or Bowers. You mentioned center field. This is a, like you said though. This is a good thing. At least we're talking about some depth here, as opposed to last year where. Outfield was just such a it was such a black hole. It was a disaster, an absolute disaster. So uh, I'm excited about Jimenez. That's the biggest thing. Is shortstop from to me, and then you kind of see where everything else goes. Love seeing Roberto Perez go oppo yesterday and hit a grand slam. He's in really good shape. Um, and, but there's a lot of there's a lot of other questions. I think the the bullpen and some of the younger arms are getting it done. I mean we're all over the board here, Todd. But um, this team's going to be better than people think. They are. They're going to be better better than people think. I agree. I agree. And, and you know, just to close the loop on the center field situation, and you brought this up at the beginning, I'm very baffled by the lack of faith they seem to have in, in uh, Daniel Johnson. I mean, he's, he's another guy like Bobby Bradley who's essentially graduated from AAA. And now is the time to – let him play every year. I think, I think that before Eddie Rosario was signed, they were going to play him every day. Um, and now that this happened, uh, they're not. And I also think that their fallback was always, um, 
you know, to, to uh, if Bradley and Bowers were an abomination, to let him play right field and then move Nail into first base. Speaking of center field, here's a tweet that just came across from Mandy Bell, friend of the pod. Trial number one for Ahmed Rosario in center field resulted in E8. He attempted to make a catch moving over to right center, and it popped right out of his glove. Rosario <laughs> in center field yesterday. There's not a lot of experience out there, so we're going to have to be patient. Oh, for sure. I mean, he's a good athlete, and it's not like he's never, ever, ever played the outfield before, but I don't know. I mean, he might be your super utility guy that doesn't get that might not get a lot of at-bats early in the season, or... You know, against uh, uh, maybe he. I'm not saying you're going to platoon him and Jimenez, but maybe a tough lefty Rosario plays short. I don't know. I mean, he's going to be on this roster. It's a matter of where they play him. Yeah, and that brings us to the utility position, which the Indians finally did something that nobody ever thought that Tito would actually allow, which is Mike Freeman was sent to the Reds um, in a trade this week, and now it looks as if. Yu Chang is going to be your utility man. Yu Chang clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's about time. This, this, I mean, let's give him that opportunity. He can play third. He can play short. He can play second. And, you know, I always thought Tito was a guy that loved Freeman and he was going to be on the team no matter what. But I think now that there's a little bit more outfield depth, if Freeman would have made it, you would have never had to see him in left field again. And so... Yeah, I mean, this was the right move. We knew the, the we knew the Indians and the Reds were going to make some sort of trade, but we didn't think it would be Mike Freeman going uh, going down the highway to uh, to Cincinnati. Yeah, well, you know, like you said, it is used time. We've been hearing about him. I mean, if you think about it, he was in the canceled trade with Milwaukee for Jonathan Lucroy in 2016. We were talking about him. And that was, you know, that was, it's funny, you look back at that trade now and like... Greg, I believe Gregory Allen as well. It was, it was Greg Allen. Lomax. Yu Chang, uh, uh, Sean Armstrong, and who was the fourth, there was another, who was the fourth player? Oh, jeez. I can't remember who the fourth person was, but there were four players that went for, that were going for Luke Roy, and that trade obviously didn't go through, and thank God it didn't, because that totally would have changed the course of events and the irony of the whole thing is Luke Roy's career was never the same and he's been on about 10 teams since then <laughs> Jonathan Lucroy god the booze that rained that rained down on him when he got to progressive field that next year was pretty amazing but what's funny about that whole thing is everyone was booing him but they should have cheered him for 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 not agreeing to come <laughs> you know that's right because we got to keep Lomac Greg Allen and, and he's, uh, what, with the Yankees? Is that right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. I think they DFA'd him, but they but he cleared They brought him back, yeah. So, so since Luke Roy rejected that trade, I, I, I just I wanted to look him up because I wanted to see uh, uh, how many teams he's been on. So 2016, he was on Milwaukee. 2017, Texas. 2018, Oakland. 2019, LA Angels. 2020, Boston. And this year, he's with the White Sox. He's in Chicago now? Oh, yeah, I knew that, actually. Isn't that wild? That is. He's 34, I mean, but, like, he has been on a new team every season since then. And he hasn't been good. <laughs> so, it's crazy. 
Matt and Todd with you, Dairy Brothers Tribecast, waiting for nextyear.com, a tribe continuing to play spring games. I'll say this, Todd, I mean, we could talk all day about the position players and everything else, but this organization always has been known as a pitching factory, and looks like we might have a little competition for the four and five spots that I don't think we expected. Not saying Tristan McKenzie's not a lock, um, but... That five spot, Cal Quantrill has his ERAs over six in the spring. Again, it's the spring, but the guy that's stepping up and Terry Pluto just writes every day about is left-hander Logan Allen. Who, when I watched him pitch, I saw I didn't see much at all, uh, especially last year. But all of a sudden, he's lost all this weight, and it sounds like he's had a, he's had a superior spring to Cal Quantrill. What do you think they're going to do there? Best, best shave of his life. Love that bit. Uh, oh, by the way, be, uh, uh, it was Francisco Mejia was the uh, key part of that trade. So, And he ended up being the key part of the Brad Hand trade. Oh, that's right. So anyway, yeah. So, so uh, Logan Allen, he, here's the thing. The Indian schedule, the way it works, they open on a, on a Thursday against the Tigers. So they're off on the Friday. They play Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Then they're off Tuesday. They play Wednesday. Then they're off Thursday. So they don't need a fifth starter, really, until April 14th. So whoever – really, they don't even need – if they really wanted to, they could start three guys because of all those offers. Well, they won't, they won't do that. I, no, no, way. no, they won't. But I'm going to guess that McKenzie and Quantrill and Logan Allen will all start in triple – wait. Would that be right? No, uh, two two of those guys are going to start the year in AAA. It'll be McKenzie and and Logan Allen. That's my guess. Uh, I think Quantrill they they like him a lot, and I think he's going to get uh, the the four spot. But they're not going to need a fifth starter, so those two guys will be sent down, and you'll have either an extra, you know, maybe maybe they'll keep Jake Bowers for the week. You know what I mean? Or they'll throw an extra bullpen arm out there, you know, just for protection purposes. Uh, you know, Tito loves those extra bullpen arms, as we know. Uh, so I don't think they're going to need them, but Logan Allen has looked good, which is a really good sign. I watched Tristan McKenzie against uh, the Angels, la- I think it was last week. All these days are the same, as you know. Uh, and he looked pretty good. Um, I think that long-term they're going to protect him the most because, you know, he basically had pitched in one game for two years. Then last year came up, looked good, tired out towards the end of the year. And I think they're really going to manage him. So um, it wouldn't shock me if, if Logan Allen and, and, and uh, 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 sticks McKenzie kind of do a little back and forth. um, I-71 shuttle action to see kind of almost like a competition, but Logan Allen, if he doesn't, isn't in the top five is 100 percent going to be your first option up if Quantrill or McKenzie, um, you know, have have a real rough start well, and I, need to go to somebody. I thought you were talking about Allen maybe and McKenzie splitting starts, like literally, like they're 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 they are. Well, that's what I was talking about. I said they they may be doing a back and forth type thing. Could, are you talking about like piggyback in one game? I mean. Like a piggyback. Yeah, like McKenzie pitches four. McKenzie pitches four innings. Yeah, yeah, McKenzie, because they are babying Tristan to no end, and he still he still hasn't filled out into his body yet. He's still real young, and last year when he came up, he was just striking out everybody and throwing hard. Then his velocity by start six or seven was way down. So they're going to be very careful with him. I think they're going to. 
I think they're viewing this like they have six starters, but I'm just telling you, especially with Logan Allen being a lefty, uh, that's intriguing. That's definitely intriguing. But I just, I know he's lost weight. He worked on. He's got a new windup. He's in the. He's almost into the stretch like Carrasco was apparently. So that's huge. They that they've worked with him because to be honest, last year when when he pitched, he made a few spot starts. He was in long relief. He wasn't very good. Uh, no, he was not. But you know what? He's now in year three, essentially, of being a part of this pitching factory, and they obviously told him what to do with his body in the offseason, and he worked hard, and he's looked good this spring. So he'll definitely get a look. Like, I have no doubt he will be starting games at some point this season. Like, when does it ever happen? It's so rare that a team uses five starters the whole year. Like, it just doesn't happen. Guys get injured. Young guy, you know, these guys are all young. You know, you may see we've been so spoiled here with the amount of great starting pitching we've had for the last five years, you know, you go back to, to even the, you know, early two thousands or even the nineties and you look back, it's not like the Indians had five star. The, the only time I ever remember it happening where it was the same five guys the whole year was in Oh five when it was CC Millwood, Jake Bowers or Jake Bowers, Jake Westbrook, Cliff Lee and Scott Ellerton. Those five guys all started 30-plus games. <laughs> nice call. That That's a great call. Happens. That's a great call. But, but but seriously, other than that, I bet if you looked, you wouldn't find another year where five guys on, on the, the Indians made 30 starts. Right, right. right. And, that, and that's why Savali got his opportunity in 2019 because the Indians had some injuries and he came up. Yeah. That's why McKenzie had to come up last year. And, of course, the Indians had made some trades as well, so that enabled – uh, you know, when Clevenger got shipped out, when Bauer got shipped out, and it enabled these guys to come up. So you're right. There's got to, you know, Pletko could probably be a spot starter. I know uh, the executive producer does not like him, but I think that, uh, you know, in the end, there, in the end, there is some depth there, you know, and there's not like, it's not like they're going to be, they're going to have a shortage of starting pitching, which is, which is good, which is good. Let, let, let me use, give you an example for all the, fans out there that like worship the 90s Indians okay let's go to 95 Indians okay which was the best Indians team of our of our lifetime they're five so they Dennis Martinez Charles Nagy Oral Hershiser Mark Clark Chad OJ Ken Hill those were six guys that they Ken Hill they got at the trade deadline you know how many of those guys made 30 starts zero Dennis Martinez made 28 Charlie had 29 Hershiser 25, Mark Clark 21, 14 for OJ, 11 for Ken Hill. And then you had other guys, you know, Bud Black. How about Bud Black started 10 games at age 38 that year? And you had all these other guys, seven, you, you, you had all these other guys making other, you know, random starts. So it's not, it's going to happen where Logan Allen is going to get his chance, is the point. What's too bad is uh, Charles Nagy will always be remembered for being the losing pitcher in 97. Man, he was just—he was just so solid for so long, man. You know, absolutely. I don't think he'll be remembered that way. I mean, no, but he was on the mound I for it. Remember him that way? I mean, I always look back at him in, in '97, to be honest, and I think of how in Game Six against the Orioles when they won, he induced like four double play balls in six innings or three double play balls in five innings. He just kept getting out of everything in that game, and he was just a master at that. And I mean, he listen. I don't think uh, you know, baseball wide, he gets much acclaim. 
But like you said, he was just so solid. You know, he, he really was. And that 97 team, I'm just checking that out. They had two guys make 30 starts, and that's it. Nagy and Hershiser. Was it 07, was it 07 game three against the Red Sox that Jake Westbrook, Jake Westbrook induced like three or four ground ball double plays? Was that game three against Boston? We won game three. Was, yeah. Was, yes, yes. I was at that we game. Three and four. Yeah, you were. You were in the outfield. Game yeah. three and four were, were Westbrook and Paul Bird. Yeah. And the Indians won both of those games. God bless the Bird man. Love that man. What a great dude. They totally. shit all over him at the worst time. Totally. Totally. He dropped that right before game seven. What a Oh, don't get me started. All right. Uh, tell us about the Center for Advanced Dentistry. I know you went and saw yes. Dr. Ben Hornstein recently. Did you not? Not only did I see him recently, I saw him last week and in person got to meet the great Dr. Sh- uh, Sean Schlessel, who was very nice. And popular with Zach Meisel, apparently. <laughs> P1, Zach Meisel. That's right. I went... Uh, my girl Sandy, who's been cleaning my teeth for God knows how long, probably since I was 18, did a nice job. Uh, uh, Dr. Ben checked me out. It was good. We got to talk some some Cleveland sports. But in, in all honesty, um, that's a fine-tuned, well-oiled machine over there on uh, Orange Place in Beechwood. If you're looking for a dentist who not only takes great care of you, cares about you, cares about your family, cares about your teeth, but really puts you at ease and just makes you enjoy the experience of going to a dentist. Please check them out. You can check them out at cfad.net or uh, give them a call at 216-595-1710. Uh, they're right off of the Chagrin Boulevard exit. Um, check them out, all right? I'm serious. They're the best. Uh, and, and I just love going in there. They take such great care of you. And uh, tell them the Dairy Brothers sent you. They'll be excited. What about BreakingTea.com, uh, best place to get your Tribe, Browns, Cavs, whatever you want, gear and T-shirts, whatever the hot thing is in a certain city. Maybe you're a fan of a different NBA team. Maybe you're like a Steph Curry fan or or whatever it is. Go to BreakingTea.com slash Dairy, D-E-R-Y, and, sh- and shop for whatever you want. The Jarrett Allen Frohio adult T-shirts, 28 bucks. The hoodies are sweet. Uh, the cool brown shirts that they have with the nameless gray faces, Cleveland off the chain. What about the new uh, Cleveland baseball team T-shirts? You want those? The Zach Plesac Immaculate Inning shirt with the date on it is sweet. I'm getting that one. That's my next one that I'm going to get. I already have the Tristan McKenzie shirt. Uh, no Todd, the Frankie Flunt front flip shirt, not on clearance yet, but it should be soon. But uh, go to BreakingTea.com slash dairy and shop today for all the best T-shirts that you want, the cool stuff that you're going to want to wear when the weather gets warm uh, in a few months, uh, whether uh, you live in Cleveland or uh, stuck here in the great state of Michigan like I do. Uh, Put in the promo code uh, TRIBECAST10 for 10% off uh, at at, uh, checkout to get 10% off of your shirts. It's BreakingTea.com slash dairy. That's D-E-R-Y. All right, Matt and Todd are with you on the Dairy Brothers Tribecast. Spring training rolling on here on this Tuesday, March 16th. What about the bullpen, Todd? Um, You know, the other day Nick Sandlin came in and struck out a couple of guys uh, with the bases loaded. By the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kyle Nelson's pitched well. You just wonder 
how many veterans Tito is going to win over in his uh, wrestling match with Chernanetti. But, you know, it just seems like when you look at this pen, some of the younger guys have stepped up and some of the veteran guys have, have struggled a little bit. I love that, his, his wrestling match with well, I think that's going to happen. Right, you know what? Wrestling shoes, that's something. Uh, okay. So, uh, what do I think is going to happen? We talked about this before. Brian Shaw's making the team. So just prepare yourselves, people. It, it's going to happen. Okay. Yeah, the Shaw dog. He's making it. He is. He's making it for sure. You got the four locks. Uh, the, the guy, you know, it's going to come down to, like you said, how many young guys. The only, uh, 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 I don't know about, uh, it seems like this Trevor Stefan or Trevor Steve, I still don't know. Stefan, Stefan. Trevor Stefan. I got to remember it's Stefan. Trevor Stefan is going to make it, I think. And I think if there's one young guy who's going to make it, it's going to be Kyle Nelson, the left-hander. Um, they seem to be high on him. And I think a lot of that has to do with Oliver Perez and how he's doing this spring. Um, I saw Ali pitch the other the other day, got a pitch to scoreless inning against the Angels, and I watched on television and he looked like his normal self. Um, I just, I, I don't know, but I think, like you said, I think it's going to be a wrestling match between Tito wanting the veterans and uh, uh, Chernoff and Antonetti wanting the kids. Um, I'm mostly, the guy I'm, really intrigued by like you said is is sandlin it, the other the other guy that i think has a real shot of making it is anthony ghost if he can so he's pitched in four games this spring yeah he's been good he struck out five and walked zero and the big thing for him has always been can he get his pitches over for strikes because he's throwing 100 miles an hour but thus far this spring he's been really really good and i think he's got a really decent shot of making it our bullpen could be really good. And and th- this is, of course, without even Cam Hill, who's coming back from injury. And you're right, some of these young guys may have to get sent down. And then, of course, they really won't be pitching in any real action because the AAA season is, is starting up late. Uh, again, Major League Baseball has no clue what they're doing with the minor leagues, and it's an embarrassment. And there are they've already pushed it back a month, which will I think will hurt teams that are playing in cold weather and guys pull up lame or guys... It's not. It's not going to help. And and again, shame on Major League Baseball for again having no plan and really, really not giving a shit about about minor league baseball, which is too bad. But you're right, Todd. There, again, there's a wealth of depth there. I don't even know who's going to close. I mean, I think right now, if the season started today and they played a game, I think Tito would love to use Karinchak in the sixth or seventh, Classe in the seventh or eighth. I think he would close with Whitgren. I really believe that. I think that Whitgren's the guy. If you if you think about it right now, Whitgren's the guy he trusts the most. So that's probably the guy that he would go to in the ninth inning. Um, you know, after those two fireballers, I don't see it's it's definitely going to be one of those three. Um, you know, I don't see. You know what? What about Uncle Phil? I mean, he could he could is he going to get any shots at the end or no way to close. Yeah, no chance. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's between Class A Karinchak and and Whitgren, and I don't think Kar- I think Karinchak right now is third on on Tito's list right now. He's been he's he's had his erratic moments already. So, how many guys in the bullpen are you keeping? What's your number? Well, knowing Tito, knowing Tito, it could be ten. No, we can't. you mean to start this to start this? Yes, season. to start the season with ten. 
I think the start of the season will be nine. So, you know, obviously, Plutko's out of options, and they love him, and they want a long man, so he's going to be one, right? Karinchek is a lock. Class A is a lock. Maton is a lock. So that's that's four locks you got there. I got to believe Shaw's going to make it, which is is. Did you, did you say Class A? Yes, I did. So, okay. So 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 if Shaw makes it, that's five. Oliver Perez would be six, and then basically you're down to, you know, the last couple of spots you got. Keith Hembry is an option. Uh, uh, um, uh, you know, maybe Sandlin, maybe Kyle Nelson. Um, did I say did I count Whitgren in there? I don't think you said Whitgren. Okay, so that's seven. So it's really you got you got two spots remaining for for those guys: uh, Anthony Ghost, Trevor Stephan, Sandlin, and Kyle Nelson. So I think I, I think Stephan's a lock because of the Rule Five. I think they I think they're very intrigued. Keep him, yes, he'd be a lock. So then you're down to one spot for Kyle Nelson, Ghost, and Sandlin. Yeah. Ghost, Ghost is impressive, and I look. I remember him when he played, uh, and he was an outfielder with the unnamed team. He didn't have a great, he didn't have the greatest of attitudes. wasn't great with the media at all. It was kind of prickly. But if they if they think they've uncovered something here and found something here, and it's a lefty hit ninety seven ninety eight, it just is totally something that the Indians haven't had in so long. I mean, who's the hardest throwing uh, lefty that this team has had in the bullpen? I mean, when was the last time they had uh, us having a hard throwing lefty? Oh. I can't. Even God, who knows? I mean, well, and do you count Nick? Nick, Nick cu- cu- cousin Nicky, Hagadone. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, right? If you if you consider if if you're not considering Andrew Miller like a, a fire. Oh yeah, I go. Well, yeah, I guess I guess Andrew Miller would count. Yeah, yes. but yeah, I, I think that. Uh, I think he's very intriguing, and you know they've they've worked him now for a couple of years. So to put in all that work, that's the thing. He's not on the forty man roster. He's put in a ton of work. He's having a good spring. I don't. He's someone will someone will want him. Do you know what I mean? Like he's left handed, right? Oh yeah. That's what I'm saying. These lefties get so many chances. I mean, if there isn't a poster child for. You're a lefty and you're going to make it forever. Then, oh God, his name! Oh my God, I was starting the sentence and now I can't freaking remember his name. All right, so there's a left-handed reliever. He was on the White Sox last year, and I couldn't believe he was still in the majors. He started the year with the Indians like ten years ago as like a starting pitcher. Ross Detweiler. Detweiler, thank you. Boom, nice work. He's he's still going. Oh yeah, he's been terrible for a decade. But he's left-handed, so he's, he's getting chances. Yeah, there's a there's a local kid here in Michigan, Anthony Miskowitz, who pitches for the Mariners. He's from the east side here. And uh, I told one of his uh, a buddy of mine, Ron, that, that knows Anthony, I said he's going to have a long career because he's left-handed. And he can throw semi-hard. It's truly amazing. It is. If you're left-handed, you got it. you're right. That's why the, I think the Indians are going to have some tough decisions to make, especially with that 40-man. That's why I think you're right. They kind of shipped off Mike Freeman early. Not that Freeman was on the 40-man. He's been removed numerous times, but they've got to kind of figure that situation out a little bit. Yeah, they're going to have to add these guys. I mean, we didn't mention Blake Parker. He's, he's another person who might make it. But, th- yeah, they're, they're going to have to make some moves, um, you know, depending on who they bring up. And these 40-man s- slots are, are very – they're very important. I mean, you, don't, you wouldn't think so. You'd think, wow, 40 guys. But did you know that Bo Taylor – 
he's on the forty man roster. <laughs> I know, yes, you know? he'll be he'll be gone. He'll be removed. He'll be the first one DFA. Yes, I can't believe he's on the forty man. Yep. And they could probably sign him back. And Ramirez, that's another guy, you know. Yep. Yep. What about Jalen Wilson? How's he feeling? Poor Jalen. Finally gets to play in the NCAA tournament and gets COVID. Well, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll, we'll win a couple games and then he can play the next weekend. How about the, how about the Syracuse Orange getting in, huh? It's, uh, it's every year. It's, uh, it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> on the bubble and then in and uh had a nice draw. Yeah, see Indiana State's pretty decent. I, I watched them the other day and the first half I know I texted you, I'm like, these two teams stink, San Diego State and Utah State, but then second half was pretty good basketball, I gotta be honest. So I was listening to the Chris Long uh shout out to uh Chris Long in the Green Light Pod, one of my favorites. And he had on Stanford Steve, your boy, talking about uh, Here's an old uh, bit. The, the, the tournament. And he's picking Cuse to go to the Elite Eight. <laughs> Stanford Steve is? Yes. Oh, jeez. We can, be, we can beat West Virginia. That, 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 that I know. They shoot it well, but when they go cold, they won't know. And they won't know what to do uh, uh, with that zone. You know, there's not a lot of zone being played in the Big 12. No, no, that is for sure. All right, we're totally geeking out. All right, so we'll do another pod next week. Let's see how uh, how things uh, pan out. This is uh, that first base. That first base uh, competition is heating up. Center field situation is definitely interesting. But uh, all right, man, this was fun per usual. Listen, the pleasure is always mine. You are a true pro, an A plus individual, and the best brother anybody gets. Oh, appreciate that. How about that? Uh, happy belated birthday to you. Uh, it was two weeks ago today. We've got we got some other birthdays coming up. My daughter's birthday, my wife's birthday, your daughter's birthday. So we got uh, sweet sixteen for you, huh? <laughs> uh, what about a friend of the pod, Seth Forrest? It's his birthday today. Trees, yes. yes. Happy birthday to uh, the great Seth Forrest. Yes, what, a, yes. what a legend! You know what? I turned forty-five two weeks ago. I'm Adam Plutko all year long. Baby. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for the uh, Dairy Brothers Tribecast on this Tuesday, March 16th. For WaitingForNextYear.com, check us out. Thank you. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains. We'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting, and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.